0: Michael Kist. You caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak.
1: You never listen!
0: It's the Kist and Solak Show, presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKissNFL and follow the BGN podcast feed at BGN underscore radio. As always, I will be joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Benjamin Solak. Uh, In this show, it'll be from the past because obviously this is a continuation of our best of the Kiss and Solak reaction shows where we have worked our way at this point up to week 13. So in this episode, you'll get the best parts of the recap shows after the games from week 13 against the Dolphins followed by the OT win over the Giants, the Week 15 win over Washington, and then, of course, the huge win over the Dallas Cowboys in Week 16. So it starts out rough and angry but it ends on a good note. So there's that. That means there's only one more of these compilations to get out, which will cover week 17 against the Giants to close out the regular season. And of course, you'll get the analysis of the wildcard loss to the Seahawks. So we've done this enough to where I shouldn't have to qualify any longer. So let's just get to it. Week 13, Miami 37, Philadelphia 31. This is the Kissed and
1: Solak Show. You're not flying high, but you are here with us. We need something new. You are laying low. You are tunneling. Yeah, you you are collapsing. You are big sad.
0: You have hit rock bottom. Ben, like I'm so far beyond being upset with this team. It's like a parent that's that's just disappointed. Oh. And don't worry. I am nowhere near that. I'm probably close, actually. But the fan base, number one, has a right to be just completely upset with what for this season has been considering the preseason expectations. And even just the expectation coming into this singular game has been an abject failure. I said earlier in the year, this was a team that smelled its own crap in the offseason and said it must be Rose's. And we're at the point now where it's it's this is ridiculous. You get yourself in a in a prime spot with the Cowboys helping you out by losing to the Bills. And you get to this spot, 94 percent win probability at the beginning of the third quarter. Ninety four percent. That is unacceptable on so many levels to give up that many points to an offense in the Dolphins that has scored, what, 14.8 as an average coming into this game.
1: You get Alshon and Aguilar back for this game. Carson should be set Lane is back. there's no Jordan Howard, but your passing offense should be what you need it to be. you're playing a Miami Dolphins defense that has not been great and you come out there and you are exactly what you know you hope to see now the Eagles
0: five out of the six first drives they had scoring drives right. three drives three three drives away touchdowns on the first six that's what you, that's what you need right. to do to get off and the-
1: then but so like the loss is like it looks great yeah and then, you know, you see opening turnover and you score. And then the next drive, you have incompletions. Nelson Aguilar, Greg Ward, Carson got under some pressure. You kick a field goal. It's 10 nothing. Okay. Next time you get the ball back, 10-7. You drive down the field, get to third and two. And you don't even you're not entirely sure where like the uh uh uh, uh there's a, a miscommunication like like Alshon thought yeah. he was going here and, and Carson put it there or whatever so that's the guy you're supposed to be on the same page with you're not on the same page with him then you get to fourth and two you get a false start from your Pierce. franchise left tackle slash thirty eight year old slash has been here for more years than he should have been left tackle and you now have to kick a field goal.
0: And that play would have converted, too, just based on the coverage and whatnot, because they kind of let that play out. He completed it to Aguilar, but it was dead.
1: Meanwhile, the touchdown you just allowed was a fourth and four, in which <laughs> you went cover zero. You had seven guys in line of scrimmage. You had everybody else in isolated man coverage, uh, which is the coverage you, you lost to the Falcons on, in case anyone was wondering. You ran that again, and you get a 43-yard touchdown to Devontae Parker. Mm. Then you come on the very next drive. They, they 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 walk down the field. You get him into third and goal. Incomplete pass. Jalen Mills gets called for a pass interference. I still do not understand how that got overturned. Not important, but very important. Yeah,
0: I don't I don't agree with it being overturned based on what we've seen the entire season. I even said on Twitter like, did he shoot him with a gun? No. Then the play stands. if well, they reverse it. I thought it was defensive pass interference to begin with. But if it's not called like that on the field, I, I was I was shocked that it was I, reversed. First, I
1: didn't think the ball was catchable, and secondly, I don't think even if the ball was catchable, Devontae Parker knew where it was. Devontae Parker turned around as the ball hit the floor. You know on review that Devontae Parker wasn't going to catch that football, and he was not going to catch that football. It couldn't happen. Right. It was uncatchable. Shouldn't be a pass interference. Anyway.
0: And then the special teams play heard around the world.
1: Then you get fourth and goal uh, from, I believe, the three or whatever. And you, uh, fourth and goal from the one, excuse me. They come out in a super weird formation. Eagles line up man to man across the board. They like not to take a timeout. Right. They get motion from the kicker. Everybody goes crazy for this guy. Josh Sweat allows the, the punter to leak out, and it's a, it's a touchdown. Mm. So now it's 14-13 in a game that you've wildly outplayed your opponent. Yeah. And then you know what you do on your next two drives? You walk down the field. You throw it all over them. Carson does some magic on third downs, and you score two touchdowns. It's 28-14. Okay.
0: Yeah, 15-yard touchdown on third right. down. That was to J-Jaw on the scramble. From Shout Wentz. out J-Jaw,
1: scoring football points.
0: Coming out of the half, Miami went for a surprise onside kick, which the Eagles recovered, put them in, in in a good spot. They start moving the pocket for Wentz a little bit more. You get the 10-yard touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey on third and five. Uh, they worked Alshon a lot from the slot this game, which we'll be talking about during the film review show. But you're at 28-14 to 14 now. 28-14. to 14. This should be game against the Dolphins.
1: And then comes the just complete implosion. Then comes the, we can't even get them into third down. And when we get them into third down, we complete uh, a pass interference penalty. Or we have Derek Barnett dropping into zone coverage. We have Josh Sweat dropping into zone coverage, right? Then we get to drive down the field, drop by Zach Ertz on what would have been. Touchdown Carson gets sacked. Jake Elliott misses a field goal, Right. Then we get to, you know, uh, uh, three and outs because Carson's throwing jump balls to Alshon Jeffrey instead of running, I don't know, anything that's worked so far for the last three quarters. We can't buy a stop, and our offense just kind of loses its mind, like chicken with its head cut off, right? It becomes... Back to what it was with Seattle. becomes back to what it was with New England, which was like, listen, we need to score 12 points on every single play, otherwise we're going to lose. And then defensively, we just stayed in man coverage for the entire second half. And this is where I arrive at my final point, mm. which this whole narrative builds up to. You just are, you're running out of reasons to explain why Jim Schwartz is in the building. It's not even like fire Jim Schwartz, because I don't think you should fire Jim Schwartz this week. Because I think that you have four weeks left. If you win all four, you make the NFC East. You, you win the NFC East, you make the playoffs. I think it sends a terrible message to the team to fire Jim Schwartz before that stretch of time. It's like, we don't even think you guys have a chance of doing this at all anyway. So we're just going to start moving on with next offseason's move. So I, I would not say fire Jim Schwartz at all. Nobody should be fired this week. But you're out of reasons to explain why he's showing up to work. Because nothing changes when the defense starts performing badly.
0: I thought it don't was so happen. funny that during the game, like Darby got bodied. Mills got bodied. I thought if they were going to throw the flags for offensive pass interference, they would have been weak flags. But a lot of people were calling for him. What happens when Mills doesn't get touched and Gasicki's is in the back of the end zone? Like, if you right. need your corners to get those weak offensive pass interference calls, you need better corners. Period. Mills was bad. The savior of this right. defense. Mills was bad. Darby is, ball skills.
1: Is we right. said last We've said this. week there's going to be a game yep. where Mills getting burned does not result in a drop, and it was the Ryan Fitzpatrick game.
0: The difference in this game, number one, Ryan Fitzpatrick has no conscience whatsoever and will throw it up one-on-one no matter what the coverage all freaking day. It's what he did last year, too. Number two, Jalen Mills has played the same. The difference is the quarterback threw it where he needed to be, and the receiver caught it. That's the only difference. Period.
1: And Ronald Darby, like we it's been it's been what Darby can't do. He can't find the football and he can't compete at the catch point. So it doesn't matter if he's covered. And I would define eventually as when the Dolphins have gone on five straight scoring drives for the first time this year.
0: Taking out the kneel down at the half. Five straight. Right.
1: Then they went on seven straight, Mike. I'm saying I'm saying the point of the breaking point for me personally would have been when they took the 34 point lead, which was Mm. uh, it was it was touchdown drive. Touchdown, drive, Neil. Touchdown, drive, touchdown, drive, touchdown, drive. Now it's 34-28 th- early in the fourth. I was done at that point. Yes. That would have been my breaking point. How many times do you have to watch Jalen Mills get burned by Mike Kosicki to understand that Jalen Mills can't do what you're asking him to do? How many times do you have to see Ronald Darby get destroyed by taller receivers because he can't compete at the catch point before you understand that he can't do what you're asking him to do? How many times does it have to be Malcolm Jenkins making like some ungodly play to yeah. stop a drive? Otherwise, nobody can win in short zones. Nobody can win in the middle of the field. Hmm. I mean, what more information do you need? To tell that you do not have the defensive personnel to do what you want to do. What is Jim Schwartz doing in the building? What does he, is he cleaning something? Is he <laughs> organizing something? Because he's not coordinating a defense, at least not during the game. The first two or three drives, interception, punt, punt, yeah. for the Dolphins. I said on the internet, Dolphins, you know, you can bodied in the trenches feels like uh feels like they should go spread and uh try to win out of the gun one step three step drops Hmm. should not have said that out loud
0: this was the formula that Fitzpatrick had with Tampa Bay in last what year they
1: did in Tampa Fitzpatrick went to the sideline and said hey I uh, I don't know if you saw I saw I, I threw for 400 yards on these cats last year do I you know what we did it was like, oh, I don't think we have time to install this game plan on the sideline, Ryan. So no, no, it's really simple. It's really simple. We just asked the receivers to run down the field. If you are willing to throw against this team, you're going to put up at least 30. It's been the case since the Packers game. When the Eagles beat the Packers because the Packers just weren't willing to throw. If you're just willing to let your quarterback pass the football, all you have to do is hold the Eagles offense under 30. There is no hope in God. We are all Going to die. Before week 12, the Cowboys were 6-4, and four, and per 538, they had a 59% chance to win the division. Mm. Since then, they've gone 0-2, and, and they now have a 66% <laughs> chance to win the division.
0: Number one, Alshon Jeffrey, who, oh boy, he still looks slow. Still caught nine passes for 137 yards and a touchdown on 16 freaking targets. Uh, Zach Ertz, you know, struggling with the hamstring, came out f- for a point and then came back in. Then had a key drop in the end zone. Had a couple of key drops in this game, high leverage drops. Uh, Dallas Goddard played well, I thought. Six receptions, 66 yards. Arthega Whiteside, we already talked about, having the, uh, the the touchdown. Miles Sanders also having a touchdown. So Carson Wentz, you know, three touchdowns, so three different targets, but also some some key mistakes by some guys, Carson Wentz included. You know, there's a couple. Th- roads that he missed in there as well but what did you think about the individual performance from the uh skill players on the offense ben
1: right so alshon catches he catches the football which is why he continues to be targeted
0: yeah i i thought it was weird that people like really he had one bad game of dropping the football that was against the bears if i'm not mistaken where he had like three drops other than that he caught the football just fine and the dude has absolute mitts and he made some tough catches in this game he just looks super super slow
1: yeah parker as i just told you Seven receptions, 159 yards, and two touchdowns. He has never had a two-touchdown game in his career. He has never had over 150 receiving yards in a game in his career. By the way, you want another fun fact there, Mike, buddy, old pal? Mike Gasicki, tight end, five receptions, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Mike, ask me if he has ever had a seven-reception game before. I already know. No. Nope. He has caught one passing touchdown before this game, and it was last week against Cleveland. Mike Gesicki and Devontae Parker both had career games. Thought the offensive line played out of their mind. Thought the defensive line fell asleep a bit in the second half. It sure but did. you know, it was, wasn't the case earlier in the year when people were complaining about the the pressure. When when a man can take a, gu- a, a shotgun snap, take a three step drop and throw. No pressure is arriving. It doesn't happen.
0: We we had this discussion after the Tampa Bay game and around that time too, and that was a stretch where the Eagles didn't face a quarterback that was over two point four seconds time to throw. And when I charted Ryan Fitzpatrick, I found that seventy one percent of his throws in that week two matchup were within the top of his drop or one hitch. I feel that you're gonna find a lot of the same from F- Fitzpatrick in this game because again, identify one on one, go for one on one. I mean, it's the same thing that that Foles would do too. Get up to line, you see it's cover one, cool. I've got one on one. Let's take that. Man, boy, oh, boy. What up? At the Bry Guy, 90, Brian says, only keep Doug. I think there's a serious, if, if obviously not this week, but coming into this offseason, Black Monday is going to be uh pretty tough for a lot of these positional and uh, coordinators for the Eagles. They cannot keep things the same. They cannot smell their own crap and think you can just promote everybody and things will be fine. They need fresh, new ideas that's not how we do things blg you should know the rules by now also flag on tim koala at koala underscore tim he says it's the whole team he hyphenated whole team sir i will not read responses like that fool me once Mm -hmm. can't be fooled again ben
1: fool me once and then stop it stop (laughs) it after that
0: (laughs) um i don't think it's an effort thing with this team i don't think it's the
1: effort thing either but like it would be nice to see a game in which like like you know, like BLG's thing where it's like the Eagles' offense and the Eagles' defense can't play well at the same time.
0: Where just everyone has their hair on fire, like right. having a great. Is game? gonna be
1: right? Is there gonna be a moment where the team is like, "Hey, mm. let's all be better than we were, and not just some of us, and some of us be worse."
0: I think that comes down to each unit as a team executing, and when you execute and you're firing like that, you have more fun, and it looks and it and it gives that look. Of it being like, oh, man, they are playing with their hair on fire today. No, they're just playing really good complimentary football. Everybody's playing well. Again, I don't think it's an effort thing with this team.
1: Yeah, I don't either. But, like, it's it's weird. This Dolphins game kind of feels like that Dallas game in the sense of, like, they needed to win this to stay in the playoff race, right? And then they lose it. And now it's like, all right, now their backs are really, really up against the wall. So are they going to have kind of like a wake-up performance? Last year, they had the foals effect. This year, they don't have that. So that's mm. the, like... I don't know, like, when I'm trying to figure out, like, why is this team keep coming out and just kind of, like, being a dud? Like, nobody seems to want to win a football game. There's no foals, which, like, you know, you and I both know, like, you know, we are not the whole, like, foals is the solution, people. Who's, wh- where? where's the rally going to come from? Where's the spark going to come from? I'd love to say it's going to be Carson.
0: Week 14, Philadelphia 23, New York 17. I am on a roller coaster of emotions right now. I was pissed off for about two hours, and then the Eagles come storming back to win 23-17 to in overtime against the New York Giants in a game that should never have been that close. Holy crap. I'm sure at some point in this podcast, we are going to be upset, but right now, I just can't be. I'm I'm elated that the Eagles were able to pull this out at the end. So whatever that's worth, we'll find out as we go along through this process. But Ben, how you doing, brother?
1: Oh, everything is delicious. Thank you, me. For- <laughs> Asking as always, there was never a doubt.
0: If you did not think that Sidney Jones, Josh Boy. Perkins, Boston Scott would be the heroes did of the day, you
1: see that route from Josh Perkins. I had forgotten. That was pretty what what route running looked like. Separation.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about this thing because the Eagles are down seventeen to three early in the game. To open the game, the things are just brutally ugly from the Eagles. I mean, number one. Okay, so let's start out. There's no Derek Barnett. There's no Nelson Agler. Alshon Jeffrey goes down with a non-contact injury. I think it's to his foot. Jalen Mills goes down. Goddard looks less than 100%. Greg Greg Ward is gimpy at some point in the game in the late stages. J-Jaw looks like he pulls a hammy at some point. Lane Johnson goes down with a high ankle sprain from what the reports are saying. Like the, the Eagles almost didn't have enough people to field an offense at some point. Yep, they pull this off in overtime, but again, rough start to start the game before the injury started hitting. I mean, you had a a second and long run that had me grinding my teeth. Peter's trying to identify a neutral zone defender and and catches an offside flag and then an unblocked sack. That was all in the first drive. Second drive, you get another protection breakdown with poor blocking, followed by a second and long run that gets stuffed. We're going to have to talk about the Eagles analytics department right here later on, but then a third down screen that gets you close and you can't get enough of a push on fourth down to sneak it. You turn it over at your own 43. Third drive, you have a predetermined read to Jeffrey with one vertical route out of five, which was Sanders clearing out from the slot. Jeffrey gets eaten up by deandre baker no separation anywhere Wentz throws it at his feet like these first three drives were abysmal and it honestly didn't end because there was a point where the eagles had like in the middle of the game like five straight punts before they finally started putting something together what a roller coaster of a game right
1: first half and this is going to leak into the struggles thing a little bit we're 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 running the offense we are running the west coast offense we are spacing concepts and triangle reads we're throwing third and five slants to alshon jeffrey we're throwing second down hay trouts to greg ward high low and underneath defenders we are doing what we've tried to do yep it has not worked previously to this previous to this game and mike
0: did not work it's not
1: working in the first half but this was the story of Greg Ward, 14 yards on a wide receiver screen. This was Boston Scott, three separate swing yeah. passes going for eight plus yards. This was Miles Sanders motioning out to wide receiver, taking a flat route, 11 yards. That's what this was. It was, okay, enough. We're just not going to try to hit Greg Ward on eight yard square ends anymore. We're not going to try to get Zach Ertz open across the middle of the field when he's getting doubled in the second half. He was getting doubled in the second half. The Giants finally listened to Booger McFarland. questionable decision in general but the what shifted for the offense was simply that they looked more spready than they have in a bit just package plays like Wentz was constantly killing stuff at the line there were constantly two play calls pre-snap and that's what they were gonna do they were gonna get into an advantageous play call and they were gonna try to have their guys win one-on-one in space namely Miles Sanders and Boston Scott that's how they were gonna be successful. Saw when they came out for the game-tying touchdown drive, they were much more so back to their typical stuff. They were much more so back to high-lowing and to West Coasting and to so on and so forth. Because eventually it's not difficult to take that stuff away. It really isn't to survive pace and space. If you're throwing behind or at the line of scrimmage on first and 10, second and 10, third and 10, like you're constantly going to be in trouble. You're, you're, excuse me, you're eventually going to be in trouble. So the thing is like that worked. Boston Scott made guys miss in space, hard nose running, fell forward after contact. That, that, that was what the Eagles found. And they rode it all the way to overtime and threw overtime into the end zone. Touchdown. They win. But to expect that to be a winning formula every week, as we've joked about with Miles Sanders previously, is hard and unreasonable. You need other skill position players to be able to get targets further down the field.
0: My my thing is, did we know we had this type of receiving back player in space in Boston Scott three weeks ago? Four weeks ago when the Jordan Howard injury happened? Because like you said... The West Coast stuff, all that stuff wasn't working. You're going to have to find a different way. What's the difference between changing a a three-air yard depth of target for a lot of these concepts versus getting it behind the line and getting these guys in space to where they can go and make plays? I think that's my major issue, and it's not a big one. But I do think it's another example of the Eagles either A, not really realizing what they have on the team, cough, cough, LJ Fort, or B, just not incorporating them soon enough if they know they have that on the team because Boston Scott was magnificent tonight. The guy was patient, contact balance. He had some wiggle, looked really, really good. And as a, as a receiving back, like this is 2019 in the NFL, this, these are the traits that this is this, this is the Darren Sproles replacement in an offense that loves a Darren Sproles type player. So that's where I kind of struggle with that. And again, not a big deal. But at the same time, why did it take so long? And why did it take to the second half for the Eagles to realize something that has not been working for the past year? three, four, five weeks, so on and so forth, that would not work.
1: Finally got to a spot where we let players who are good at X, Y, and Z do X, Y, and Z. That's how we broke outside of what was done previously. That's the offensive scheme change we made. We stopped adhering to what we thought was good. We stopped adhering to what was the plan Monday to Friday and took what was working on Monday. Right. So, And this should not take as long, nor should it be as hard, nor should we have to beg, crawl for it, claw and scratch our nails to go get it. They were forced
0: into it by necessity. Like that right, we took talking really also getting
1: injured for us to even get here. <laughs> so the moral of the story is the Eagles won the win, the 23-17, and over time they're in the playoff race. they tie with the Dallas Cowboys for the lead of the NFC East, and they need to fire their offensive coordinator. If you're unable to, to adjust the offense to the strength of the players, you're, you, you you need new offensive minds. And, and as final and indisputable evidence, I would point to Nick Foles' playoff run of 2017. Mm. If you cannot adjust your offense to the strength of the players... You need a new offensive mind. If you can, you're going to go win a Super Bowl with backup quarterback.
0: What do we really expect from them? Moving forward, no Lane Johnson. Probably no Alshon Jeffrey. Nelson Aguilar still dinged up. He's been trending in the right direction for what feels like a month now. Jordan Howard's shoulder injury, so on and so forth. Jay jaws hammy. What can this offense really do other than the stuff that they just pulled out tonight? That's the downside to all of this. And you also have an offense that came out with a game plan that led to three first half points against the New York football Giants. And if Carson Wentz is up and down for any of this stretch, the offense cannot survive if Carson Wentz is not playing well. Like I said, he had a shaky first half. They had three points. It's not all on him. There were other issues going on. Carson was lights out towards the end of the game. Those those two drives. that What was it? 10 plays, 80-something yards, if I'm not mistaken. there. Were 10 plays, 58 yards to tie the game with two minutes mm-hmm. left. Great on that drive. The overtime drive as well. Good placement, so on and so forth, doing his job. Ben also explained that was a lot due to scheme. I mean, hell, they even pulled out the two, 2017 game against Atlanta with that Nelson Aguilar or Miles Sanders is in the bunch, like you said on Twitter, trying to act – so hard that this that was a the funniest normal- thing I've
1: ever seen. Because, okay, so they had had Boston Scott in a H backy sort of a spot in an earlier right. play. And yeah. I was like, huh, like they have What's to use on? their running backs as H backs because they have absolutely no wide receiver depth. This freaking sick. And then he like went in motion and he tried to split zone block for Miles Sanders and it went predictably like not great. And I was like, why would they do that? And then when I saw Miles Sanders as H back in the bunch, I was like, there's oh. no way that this is actually happening. And it did. And the Giants had penetration against it. Sanders survived, which was hilarious. Yeah. And like the thing is, like, there's being an H back, there's being a receiver in the bunch, and there's being like four yards behind line of scrimmage, you know, right. highly suspect uh alignment in a very yeah. key down. And I was like,
0: okay, wonder where the ball's going. We we can say we can say that Carson had a bad first half. And then came through when he needed yeah. it, and not have any long term takeaways about either. Right. To be honest with you,
1: yeah. And and the and the response to that is like, well, you know, then you don't you don't get to get too excited about the second half if you're kind of that's what I mean. Yeah, if you're kind yeah. of exactly, it's like throwing away some of these 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 this like weird circumstances he's playing in. The answer is like, yeah, that's that's what we said earlier. You know what I mean? Like it it's wasn't also like the Giants. Really, yeah, like he he made like insane insane plays in right. the second half he was distributing the ball pretty early in, in, into the play while not good first half and then like you know just on schedule second half did nothing debilitating which Carson's bad games can be legit debilitating
0: Ronald Darby had himself a dog of a game and I'm not sure what the heck was going on with Jimmy Schwartz I mean brother not only Darius Slayton who we warned you about, gentle listener, coming into this game as the deep threat. Jim Schwartz blitzing in some weird places. Third and 13, for example, was super weird to me when he could have just ran picket fence with some deep guys and whatnot. But then also, too, like the flea flicker. Have you seen the next gen dots on the flea flicker where Booger said, oh, they're not going to come up to, to attack the run? Omar Epps the flea is flea the deep. flea s- flicker
1: had me out of the building, man.
0: The deep and safety.
1: Marcus Epps is like, listen, I got this, fellas. At the half. Uh, I tweeted out that if the Eagles continue to drop in cover three and cover two for the rest of the game, they won't give up another point. I swear (laughs) he proceeded to outscore the Giants 20 to nothing across the course of the second half and overtime. Why? Eli Manning was not throwing down the field against zone. He didn't do it. He did not do it. He didn't do it. Mike, I want to make this very clear. He didn't do it. He would he he would hit the top of his drop and check down. He was not gonna stand in that pocket with the football. When he did, Vinnie Curry touched him like on the back, and he fell over. Nate Solder. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of money to pay for a two-legged stool. Let me tell you, Nate Gary, who I know listens to the podcast immediately in the post game every single time. Congratulations, buddy! Good game. Jake Elliott is perfect on the air for field goals. He hasn't missed one. <laughs> I've, I've never seen these misses people are trying to claim have occurred. And then I do find interesting that he didn't go for two when they got to down eight. I Me expected too. him to.
0: You see, no, okay, okay, okay. No, I'm going to take you to task for this because back in 2016, with nothing on the line against the Ravens, you took issue with them no, going no, no, for no, no, two no, in the no, same no, no, situation. No. Very different. Yeah, you did.
1: Very different. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm talking about when they, when they made it down eight. In the Ravens, oh, they were down one.
0: Right. I'm sorry. Right. I'm throwing unnecessary shade on you, but I stand by it.
1: Also, I would say there's a difference between not liking it and being surprised by it. And okay, also, fair. I would say, I've <laughs> learned a lot about duplicate versions from 2016 and 2019. <laughs> I've been doing this for three years. <laughs> Following Doug Peterson, I learned a thing or two about when you go for two. A team that was reeling on a three-game skid down by 14 to an individual opponent they should have beaten with his backup quarterback in at home in an ugly situation getting booed in the rain... Did not give up. And Peterson milked a win out of a team that was heavily undermanned. It was probably very demoralized in the locker room.
0: You wonder you wonder how much of that carries on moving forward because you know he's going to use this as like a rallying point. Right? It
1: seems more like everybody on the team has a role and just if everybody does their role, the team is successful. And no players <laughs> elevate other players. Whoa. I'm still looking Don't for the yawn, one. do Ben. Don't
0: actually. yawn. It's only 1230. What's wrong with you? You are 18 years old. You should not hey, be tired hey, of this hey, hour. hey,
1: hey, hey. <laughs> You can't say things like this because people believe you and I have no way to prove them (laughs) otherwise. Cindy Jones season. Brother, as I've often I've said this many times, which if you go back and you listen to the podcast, you'll hear me say this innumerate times. Yeah. The best way to develop your young corners is to bench them because they're (laughs) (laughs) off. Oh, I couldn't do it. It is amazing to me that Cidney Jones came in cold off the bench as corner six.
0: He didn't have time to think. I honestly think that's part of it. He did not have time to think.
1: But also, like, that was not like, oh pass break up. That was
0: a great rep. That's a really good <laughs> that's rep. That's the
1: man. best rep I've seen of Sidney Jones as a pro. <laughs> How? How is that the context?
0: Week 15, Philadelphia 37, Washington 27. Clutch Carson does it for the second week in a row. What a crazy, frustrating, exhilarating game. In the middle of the game, you're so frustrated. They're down at half. I just knew this team was going to bring me back in it in the most <laughs> weirdest ways. Ben, how you doing, brother?
1: Elevate good times, come <laughs> Elevation.
0: Bad in certain places. And then just he comes through in the end. And like we say, winning cure is all when it comes to what you talk about and what you don't.
1: In the Seattle game, we had Carson with bad pocket presence and bad accuracy. And the world was ending. Mm. And we sat here and said, you know, you and I. Accuracy with new receivers, don't really care. We know Carson can throw short breaking routes. We've seen him do it a bajillion times. Mm. What's more concerning is the pocket presence. Yep. Fast forward four weeks. The Eagles are seven and seven. They have they're fight. They're playing for the division next week. Carson Wentz was really accurate for the entire game. He was a little short on a Greg Ward, you know, quick flat route, which I will somehow sleep at night on. He was high on the Zacherts comeback on third down, which also is not a great throw. Uh, but generally, everybody's very impressed with how Carson played. Meanwhile, the pocket presence is still debilitatingly a, a huge issue. Yeah. Only reason Carson needs a touchdown to win it is because Carson gave the Redskins three points, which very easily could have been seven points without the defense was playing.
0: Uh, uh, right. So issues definitely still there. I like, feel
1: like like they, I mean like I'm flatlined while like there's just like massive like cardiac you know like, yeah. like sinusoidal waves. Carson played to me decently better than he has in recent weeks. But the same issues that are there are there. Now, what I will say is that Miles Sanders throw, that mm. Miles Sanders touchdown, boy, this th- that play is why you survive with and swallow the bad sacks. Yep. And, like, the fumbles not so much, like, ball security can definitely be better he should not be holding the ball with one hand two-handed monster John Gruden talked about this in Carson Wentz's QB camp way back in 2016 how Carson always holds the ball in one hand in the pocket and it's a really bad habit but you survive with the stupid sacks for plays like the Miles Sanders touchdown yeah because Mahomes, Wilson, Watson, Murray <laughs> somewhere between two and four other quarterbacks in the league making that play Rodgers somewhere between three and five somewhere yeah. between three and five quarterbacks making that play that's a special football play on uh, a huge moment to a running back who has played wide receiver for most of the game oh man I mean that that's that's the special stuff that you survive some of the knucklehead stuff for us so that's yeah. exciting
0: there aren't good enough reasons that this team struggles so badly in just doing their job from a play-to-play basis Regardless of the competition, which is why they play down on a weekly basis, they're, they're, there are bad teams that they're struggling against. But why? They're, they're just inconsistent. It's just, it's that's how do you fix it? And I, I, I don't think those answers exist in 2019. Good players don't overcome bad coaching. If you think it's bad coaching, then that's your answer right there. If you think it's bad talent, then you're looking at Howie Roseman. I'm not 100% sure because it happens so much on both sides of the ball. Like we don't know who's good on this team or who isn't good from a talent perspective because of that. And God forbid, man. God forbid they hold the lead. God forbid they play complimentary <laughs> football for just a small stretch in this game. You knew when they went up 17 to 14 that Washington was going to score. And they got marched on immediately. 10 plays, 75 yards, six minutes. They go up 24 to 21. Special teams farts themselves. Defense gives up a field goal like the, the, the very next drive once on third and two. Nobody opened from what I saw. This is the fumble that we're talking about where he escapes the pressure doesn't feel the pressure coming from behind him sack fumble loss. And at the end, they get right. They do it two weeks in a row. They pull you right back in. This is a team that's playing well, yeah. one-score games, and I know this wasn't a one-score game. Shout-out to the to uh, Jim Sports for Blitzing the Hail Mary coming up with a turnover Dude, and covering.
1: What a... <laughs> firstly, Jim Sports Blitzing the Hail Mary because, of course, I had to panic through that. Yeah. Secondly...
0: But that's the right call.
1: I mean, yes, but also, I it's, still hate <laughs> watching it.
0: Right, That's true.
1: And then the unbelievable cover. I didn't yeah. bet this game, and thank God I didn't because I would have died through the whole thing.
0: Dwayne Haskins was a quarterback with an adjusted net yards per attempt of 2.86, nearly two yards less than everybody else in the NFL. Every other sustained starter, a guy that has played more than 20% of the snaps. 2.86. He was out there balling, dude. Like, his, <laughs> there's no right. way this stat line should exist. 19 for 28, 261, two touchdowns, zero interceptions.
1: Took zero sacks.
0: But Then zero sacks. I no pressure bad. on him.
1: I think his time to throw was .3 very quick very I mean, quick he's getting, like I'm mean, like even like on the deep shots right yep. like the Terry McLaurin touchdown was play action three step shoot the Steven Sims drop near the goal line was was that was stab concept three step drop shoot they, were, they he wasn't staying in the pocket at all no. no reason to you know
0: i've been somewhat critical of Miles Sanders throughout the season you could definitely say that i want to say man n- number 1 19 carries 122 yards and a touchdown Extremely productive day. Add
1: good day at the office.
0: Six catches, fifty yards, and a touchdown. So you're talking 172 total yards on the day from the from the beginning. I thought he showed tremendous patience. And and one note I wanted to make on him: we talk about his vision and his ability to make people miss. And that being an area that has slowly come on for him lately. But I think one area where he's gotten a lot better at that was terrible for him in the beginning of the season was his finishing. I think he's finishing his runs a lot better, too. So you're starting to see improvements in multiple areas. He looked awesome.
1: I don't think I can express well enough how difficult what Doug Peterson has done over the past couple of weeks is the offense that they get throwing the football. Yes, they average 6.2 yards per attempt. The offense they get throwing the football with essentially no wide receivers. In this game, they had one wide receiver. Last week, they had no wide receivers. It is shocking. Yeah. This is simply, I have two really good tight ends. I have two effective pass catching backs. That's it. And I'm still going to be able to consistently convert on third down. I'm still going to be able to, to to move the ball steadily enough through the air that I can string together long drives. To still be have variance and still be confusing and to not tip your hand. I mean, the Eagles certainly have had a slightly more predictable offense this year as injuries have come through. You can kind of get a feel for all right, when they have the back and the tight end to this side, then they're going to run this. And when Zach Ertz is isolated backside, they're going to take him, whatever. But to retain enough variance that defenses can't key in on everything you're doing, to continue to find creative ways to get pass catchers down the field successfully, I mean, it's... So uh, the the player, the person I'm most uh, uh, impressed with by far is Doug Peterson. The Eagles wanted to bring pressure. And so they played man coverage across the board in that they wanted to bring pressure. They initially had players up at the line of the line of scrimmage who were threatening to come. But those players were not actually going to come. Different players were. (laughs) And accordingly, Avante Maddox, who is a slot cornerback. Right. He bailed to the deep middle of the field to play deep safety.
0: Because of the motion, right? They're yeah. rock and roll in the safety because of the motion. Right. That's typically how they respond.
1: Meanwhile, Washington is in a pretty clear play-action pass situation. Uh, they got a fullback in the backfield. They have two wide receivers off to the nub side. They throw it in uh, Jalen Mills on Terry McLaurin, which uh, Ronald Darby on Terry McLaurin in man coverage didn't work, and Rasul Douglas and Terry McLaurin on man coverage didn't work in week one. So Jalen Mills man coverage on, on Terry McLaurin, this will work in week two. So we try that. And how do I say this? It doesn't work. And Jalen Mills doesn't cover Terry McLaurin. And Vontae Maddox misses the tackle. And then Terry McLaurin runs a 4-3-5. And he's in wide open space with nobody up there to get him. Hmm. The Eagles continue to try to do this. And it just simply has not gone well ever. This is the, not the exact same look, but the exact same theory, the exact same concept that gave up the Julio Jones touchdown at the end of the game against Atlanta to gave up the secondary a Slayton touchdown at the end of the first half against the Giants. They try to blitz and play man coverage behind and do not have the personnel to do so. And then next week they do the exact same thing. What do I say? Like finish this sentence for me. If a team is willing to throw the ball on the Eagles, they're going to score thirty. Thirty. I mean that's what I like on this podcast. Yeah. I've said that like four different times. If the Eagles are willing to throw the ball on. They're going to score thirty. Redskins scored twenty-seven. Yeah
0: at Ron underscore spur, with two R's, says draw on third and 11. Third and 11 is made to be one word. The only reason I'm reading this, because I think this is cheating, is because I want to talk about it. You might not believe this, but if you go through and pull third and 10, third and 11, third and 12, and you compare the conversion rates between pass and run, there are certain situations, and it's actually kind of even, and it's a much much smaller sample size for runs. I get that, but they're actually pretty equal, and there are certain circumstances where running converts more than passing. It's not, it's right. it's crazy. It's gonna sound crazy, but the Eagles not only converted both of those third and longs, but on the first one they caught clairvoyant Doug
1: cross dog right.
0: They they ran cross dog. So they got right. caught up, and now you've got one on one with Sanders against Landon Collins in space. On the other one, I think they were coming with an overload to the right, and they ran it over to the left. Like really good calls. If you thought that's what you were getting, because you got the right call and you got the conversion, I thought I I don't mind those calls. I mean, I know it sounds crazy for how much we you know we laugh about establishing the run and second and long runs and whatnot, but those changeups have actually worked pretty well for the eagles over the past couple of years
1: yeah i don't hate those at all especially if carson wentz was checking into them which carson checked into runs all game long yeah i i was about to tweet this but then i figured people would yell at me so i didn't best offensive plays carson made all day checking into runs and like miles sanders throw yes greg ward touchdown throw yes carson's very self-aware in terms of if he has a box count that he likes that will get him four yards that's what he needs to do in this offense and that's very important Because if he were not willing or capable of doing that, the Eagles would have so much more difficulty moving this ball down the field given the limits of their passing offense.
0: Name something that Agler has been better at than Greg Ward this year.
1: At right now Greg Ward is separating catching the football running routes on time by the way like ran multiple timing routes with Carson Wentz just fine turns out a yep. couple we could practice irons that out not that anybody's going to care or notice that they're just going to yell about it when it doesn't happen and then not acknowledge it when it does there was one, oh, uh, a a person who remained nameless said please acknowledge me on the pod that's against <laughs> the rules you can't say that whoever you are I will not identify you
0: You are flying extremely high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 163, Esprit Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. We don't have time for all the fancy introductions
1: because the Eagles have won. Shut up, Ben. The Eagles have won. My ego is more important (laughs) than the Eagles beating the Cowboys. That's not true, actually. Mr.
0: Nine-Year Streak without a bad day here with me, Michael Kist, joined by Benjamin Solak to talk about this Eagles win over the Cowboys that could mean as long as the Eagles take care of business next week. But man, this was a great Carson game with very little flaws, a fantastic Doug Peterson game. Did you just
1: call him Doug Peterson?
0: May I I'm excited. I'm excited. There's so no I knowing. Sidney Jones proving the haters wrong yet again.
1: Listen, I understand that conceptually the world is not ready for a closer to transition from baseball into football. <laughs> But the Eagles on the cutting edge, on the cusp of analytics, Michael, acknowledging and recognizing that you know what you really need in key late game situations a is a freezing cold, undersized, off injured, <laughs> underwhelming corner. That's just what the. Dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, come pick on Sidney Jones. You've been fooled, you've been had.
0: Two huge plays by Sidney Jones, one against the Giants, one in this game when he was asked to come in cold. This time on fourth down, the only Eagles cornerback this century to get a pass breakup on a nine ball. So fantastic for Sidney. Big Dallas Goddard game. Fantastic game from Miles Sanders. Just a ton of different awesome performances this one as guys continue to drop like flies throughout the game. An extremely decimated Eagle squad. Holy crap.
1: Again, for another week, five yard or less, five air yard or less targets to tight ends and running backs walking down the field. And it doesn't happen every drive. And they have three and outs and they have drives that stall because there's a reason why... Offenses don't try to do that. You know what I mean? That's that's not a winning formula. But they eke out enough from that to get that one explosive reception from Greg Ward puts them in scoring range. That right. one explosive reception from J.J. I think a wide side mm. puts them in scoring range. The, the fact that they're scraping together the rubbish pile, the Saints practice squatters and Washington practice squatter and, 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 and Josh Perkins.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and we're getting something out of this. And it's not all good and it's not all rosy and it, like you know they they're not going to be able to win a shootout but it's enough to beat three teams in your division and must win games to get to the playoffs I mean it's it's laudworthy what Doug Peterson has been able to do. And, like, you and I both believe the offensive coordinator needs to be fired at the end of the season. He doesn't even have the help he's supposed to have. So yeah. oh, I'm just overwhelmed.
0: Yeah, I mean, you talk about the the drive to go up 17 to 6, 10 plays, 80 yards to go up there. And they had a ton of different things that that they did. I mean, they used the the hurry up. You know, you had that the post wheel. Out of a spread, you tweeted this out talking about how good this uh good a drive this was from Doug. You had the swing and screen concepts when when Dallas wanted to load the box, the Carson Wentz read option, he kept two of them today because you have to you have to make the defense respect it at least just a little bit. And then I don't know what Dallas was doing on the punch-in by Miles Sanders on that touchdown. Like the playside A gap was left wide open on that As touchdown. As I've
1: always run. and often said, <laughs> bubbles on the 1 yard line is a yeah. winning formula.
0: I mean Carson Wentz let's let's go back to to Carson Wentz for a second. We'll kind of recalibrate and talk through the game here because holy crap man, 31 for 40, 319, one touchdown he did have the one fumble that he himself recovered, but I think that fumble stays within his sphere of influence because he was a two-handed monster. Sometimes the ball is going to come out; he's able to recover that one. So really, a, a pretty not—I don't want to say flawless game because there was the fumble and there was the there was the miss throw, one miss throw that you can really point out towards the end of the game that was going to have people freaking out. We'd be talking about it all week if the Eagles didn't pull out this game. But overall, Carson Wentz from the beginning, the dude was on fire the first two drives. 9 for 11, 107 yards, a touchdown, and a 137.5 quarterback rating. Third straight game for Carson, winning with 40-plus straight attempts. I remember that being a talking point at the time where people said, Doug's got a know. And I'm, and I'm calling out Joe Giglio here, and I love Joe.
1: We're a fan of Joe on the pod.
0: What a horrible take. What a stupid, arbitrary number to select your stats at. You <laughs> idiot, Joe.
1: They also, in the opening script, did a ton of work getting him outside of the pocket designed. We had boots, and like the first pass of the game, the Take think whiteside pass, was his boot, but they pulled Sam We ain't going naked anymore. Ryan Anderson nearly yeah. really took my dude's head off. <laughs> we are bringing a blocker. And they did. So they bring Sam with us. Now you have a personal protector. Carson sits in the half roll. He didn't all the way roll out the half roll. So he resets the pockets at his feet, puts an absolute dime piece on our thick of white side, 20 yards down the field in the middle of the field against great coverage. So like moving the set point and getting Carson involved in the running game, this adds color and diversity to an offense that so desperately needs it because all it can run is snag because Robert Davis has taken 40 snaps, right? (laughs) Right. So this is your limitation. It's why you've got to squeeze everything else you have at your disposal for all that it's worth. I've never been so proud of Miles Sanders in my Freaking life.
0: What a veteran move.
1: If you had told me in week two that in week 16, Miles Sanders was going to sit down on a potential game-winning touchdown, I would be like, no never, way. never, <laughs> ever, ever. It's not going to happen.
0: Can we talk about Dallas Goddard? Career highs for catches, nine. Career highs for yards, 91. What if he's actually good like we've been saying? What, here's a question for you.
1: What if he's had a picture of Jeff Heath?
0: The revenge game.
1: In, like in grayscale, right? He's just a headshot on the back of his closet door Grace with like yeah. dart holes in it. He was like, I will catch a 17-yard fade ball, you know, slot fade, back shoulder ball against you in revenge for what was the most ridiculous penalty of all time.
0: How about the six-yard touchdown? Wentz throws it into a sea of Cowboys defenders, puts it the only place it can go at the beginning of the game. That was gorgeous. What a gorgeous, gutsy throw. From Wentz, who you can, you know, Wentz has been indecisive and untrustworthy of some receivers during certain points of the year. When you get onto the red zone, Wentz is firing that sucker in there, and that's exactly what he did. Dak definitely did not look 100% to me. Number two, he was able Boy, to yeah. do. Enough to be somewhat dangerous. So he was kind of in the middle of like, okay, is he 100%? Is he 90%? Is he 80%? I would say he's about 80%. And you could tell that he was struggling to push the ball down the field with some accuracy. I mean, that didn't matter to Ronald Darby, who literally had to move out of the way for the ball to to give up one to Michael Gallup. But at the same time, you could tell that Dak was struggling a little bit. And you could tell that this Eagles defense got, got very lucky. No, in the first drive on third down, they blew two coverages in one play, and Dak just missed the read, right? And then later on in the game, Dak has a guy wide open, overthrows him, has another guy open, and there's a drop. This Eagles defense, as, as you know, the scoreboard's going to say, nine points. But there is a lot of context to go into this one. At the same time, they get a stop when, uh, when they need to. So uh, a little bit of good little bit of bad doesn't matter because the eagles win
1: fox credited the cowboys receivers with six drops and like i can't remember all of them exactly but like they dropped some high impact passes yep all, all that's on them yep. but prescott weakened velocity he mm-hmm. was poor in downfield accuracy and he was super check down heavy third and 12 he's checking down what happened good from a coverage perspective the eagles fell back on we're in a Playing cover three, we're going to step up, rally, and tackle for most of the game. They barely, barely blitzed. And I was very happy to see that. I was very, very happy to see that. Because the, and the last drive, as people said, like, you know, like, oh, the pass rush has fallen away a little bit. Yeah, like that last drive, Cowboys offensive line put together good reps. Eagles defense line put together some bad reps. They moved it down the field. And then you got the, the Vinnie Curry sack, which ended up making second four into third and eight into fourth and eight into a win. That's what a pass rush can do for you. But generally speaking, the rush was very successful with four you know Prescott even on those plays in which Prescott was having time he was checking down frequently like I said so best to just sit and sit and cover three protect your corners deep do not expose them to being up at the line of scrimmage that's how you give up big explosive plays you know what I mean And like that's they there was there were some very similar scary reps to the Giants game like the third down that you talked about where Randall Cobb on a wheel release out of a bunch of formation was wide open streaking down the numbers Prescott doesn't see him, doesn't hit him. It likes to take Cooper on the crosser. It doesn't hit him. It's a bad throw. That's, I mean, th- these are common issues with Eagles secondary. They do not go away. Um, but sometimes quarterbacks aren't able to hit him, whether it's the pass rush dominating, whether it's the injury of the quarterback, whether it's just a bad quarterback. And those are the games in which the Eagles offense is successful or the defense is successful because it's really hard to run the football down the field on them. And then when they sit in cover three, it's hard to nickel and dime them because they're able to, to step up rally and tackle. Max Toto Schumann. Garrett will be fired? Question mark. Cindy Jones is my hero. Please beat the Giants. Hashtag three words haiku. Hashtag 575 is the new three. I mean, I don't even need to tell you what's wrong with that. It's so bad that there's no chance I will read it on this show because that's not allowed. You and I both continue to have our concerns about Sanders' consistency as a runner between the tackles. And I believe that those are founded. But they've become so much better at getting him the ball in space. And he's become so much better at not making critical errors. And so even when he does stuff that I don't like it's bouncing it outside for a 2-yard gain instead of a 4-yard gain instead of losing 3 instead of picking up 10. So like while we still got mistakes that are of less consequence and then the good plays that he's making are typically of more consequence.
0: Yeah. And you know me, I'm not a I'm not a big awards person. I really don't care about that, but I do think it is a testament to what he's been able to do in an expanded role as he gains experience and has really helped this offense and been explosive for this offense. It's been a huge contribution. Getting these young guys like Greg Ward and, you know, even J-Jaws had some plays over the last few weeks that have been big for the Eagles. And, you know, you got guys like Boston Scott looking better than any running back they tried to put out there last year. It's better than Josh Adams, better than Wendell Smallwood. We can have a conversation of why wasn't Boston Scott out there more often. But it's really been big for this team to get those contributions from these young guys. One more game to go. Remember
1: on Friday when I was super confident and I was like, if they beat the Cowboys, there's no way to lose to the Giants. I didn't think they were going to beat the Cowboys.
0: <laughs> so
1: I didn't think you got to
0: stick to your guns. I didn't
1: think I was going to have to cash that check. And I was going to cash are- that check. I mean, I firmly believe that after what they did against the, 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 Giants Monday night football in the second half, the Giants had a good, a, a good offensive showing against the Washington Redskins better than the hmm. Eagles had the Giants are by no means a pushover, but I do not think after getting this far, the Eagles will disappoint. This is not uh, the context in which they'll, they'll do so now with that said, the, I think they'll, luck, magic, foolishness, like the offense continuing to keep their head afloat despite all these injuries. Eventually that's going to expire. The Giants don't have the sort of defense that would force it. So it would have to be unforced errors. I don't think this Eagles team is going to be making unforced errors in week 17. I think they get to the playoffs. If they do... I mean, three years of the playoffs and four years for Doug Peterson. This is tremendous coaching. Yeah. Your love is best expressed through reviews, through ratings, and through subscriptions. We are hunting the Eagles receivers, who once again had a pretty quiet week in terms of receiving yards some explosive plays, but not an overwhelming week by any margin. 136, I believe, was the most recent count of how far behind we are the Eagles receivers in our reviews versus their receiving yards in the year 2019. So if you haven't yet reviewed, please review. If you have a friend who does whatever you say, review. If you want to make a second account for your dog and then leave another review, Go ahead and do so. Nugget would greatly appreciate it. He's been Benjamin Solak on Twitter. I'm Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. I've been Michael Kist on Twitter. I'm Michael Kist, NFL. That's K-I-S-T. All 22 review show coming later this week. Giants-Eagles preview coming later this week. We will do everything we can around our holiday schedules to get as many good podcasts out to you as we can. Stay subscribed. Stay tuned. We will get you good shows.
0: We all we got. Merry Christmas. We all we need. Fly, Eagles, fly. And.